Ugh, I love this movie. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Oh, Welcome hi. back to Oh, hi. Oh, oh hello. Oh, hello. We've been doing that a lot lately because, because we went as George St. Geegland and Guilt by Zondheim Daimjur for Halloween this year. It yeah. was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. It was a really good time. And we and won yet again. Yes. Another <laughs> Halloween costume. But so here's the thing, though. I think the reason why we won the costume contest mm. is like, yeah, those are perfectly fine, you know, selections of clothing that you get from Goodwill. I know why we won. It's because we were in and we were in character like the, the whole time. time. You're talking like five and a half hours walking around New York City, not even when we're at the party, but we were just in character the whole time. Yeah. And like there was even one point when someone asked me to take a photo of them. Like mm -hmm. it was this group that were dressed up for a flapper party, I think. Mm -hmm. And I took photos of them, but I also took photos of myself pretending <laughs> to not know how to operate a camera. So so they get this great shot of Megan dressed as Gilfai Zahn. Just with <laughs> squeezing just my face together like I'm constipated as hell. Like, what is happening? At any uh, rate. Hi, Ben. Hi, hi. Hi. Hello, man. Hi. Um, How are you? Let's do our proper intro. Um, welcome back to <laughs> So I Met. That was awful. That was so bad. That was awful. That was like, welcome back. Welcome back to, to Thoughts, thoughts for Your Thoughts. thoughts. <laughs> um, I was just about to tell our listening audience, welcome back to So I Married a Cinephile. I'm Ben Farmer. And I'm Megan Carver. We just went over our whole we kind of jumped the gun on like current Well, we events. got excited. We, we got said, really oh, excited. Hello. Right. So how was your week? It was good. Um, yeah, in combination with the Halloween party we had, which was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, work's busy. Yeah, work's been voiceover. really busy for you. Yeah. Um, you've had a shit ton of... Because like you've been doing... <clears throat> not only have you been doing like normal desk stuff, front desk stuff and, you know, customer service, but you're also... Handling an awful lot of sales. Sales. You're like sales, one of those guys folks. from Glengarry Glen Ross. I'm the guy who calls you when you don't answer me back. I'm gonna <laughs> call you every two days, then three, then seven. Um, are you still? Are you still not in the shape that you want to be? Are you a pear, but you want to be a pencil? <laughs> <laughs> then have I got a workout for you? Um, no, works good. I've uh, been doing a lot of voiceover from home, which has been a lot of fun. Been looking into getting more into that. I feel like the universe has been giving me cue after cue after cue this week. Yeah. Of, We're really good at it. Thank you. A friend of mine said that, you know, oh, you have a really nice voice. So that was one. And then we have a couple of people who come to Row House who are professional voiceover actors that work in New York and Los Angeles and they do it full time. But they also have a school here in Flatiron that they told me about. Out, and I'm thinking of checking that out just to take some classes to get better at it because I feel like there's a lot of opportunity there. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, I've been doing a lot of stuff from home, which has been really nice. Um, but then another lady came in and I don't know if I told you this, but I, I may have. Um, she, I talked to her on the phone to book her her class and she comes in and she's like, is Ben here? And I'm like, uh, I mean, I wasn't there. And they're like, no, oh no, he works during the daytime. And they're like, oh, no, Ben booked my class. Um, I was hoping he'd be here. His voice sounded recorded. What? And I'm like, 
Wait, she said my voice sounded recorded? Like in a, like like, a voicemail? Yeah. or Because when I talked to her on the phone, she's like, oh, do you do voiceover? So that was like cue oh. number four that week. So, universe leaves little hints yeah, like that. Yeah, so I keep getting those. But anyway, I'm um, going to be exploring that a little bit more. Have a lot of corporate work coming up. Right, for Potential Squared, where for you potential get paid squared. to be a, a business asshole. <laughs> that would be great. Okay. But I get to go uh, spend some time in Boston um, after Thanksgiving and before Christmas, so that'll be fun. But mm -hmm. yeah, wife and pup are happy and healthy. You always say that. So I mean, why, why would it be any different? Um, I feel like it's important to appreciate what you have and Aww. our health to me is very important. And so if you, if you haven't got your health, you haven't got anything. What is that from? Ben's staring at me and now he's really upset. What is it from Ben? I'm not going to tell you. I don't know what it's from. We're it's not, not going to continue this podcast. It's not going to bug out. me. It's, I don't know what it's from. Christopher Guest says the line. Oh, uh, Princess Bride. Yeah. Okay. That's literally all you had to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it didn't take me more than one hit. No, no, that's it. Uh, but yeah, how are you? Uh, good. Um, I just started at yet another part-time job because that's what you do in New York if you're an actor. You fucking hustle. You just, you put together an eclectic weaving. It's a quilt it's of... An, it's an eclectic quilt <laughs> weaving. It's an eclectic you... quilt of part-time jobs and waitressing and hey, do you need me to walk your dog? And so I picked up this job actually at a company called Today Ticks. It's an app where they basically buy discount tickets the day of a show, and then you can purchase those tickets through the app, and then they meet you like 30 minutes before the show. So it's a really great way to be able to get discount tickets without having to show up two hours before the show mm -hmm. for rush tickets. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, I just go to the office, I get the tickets, and then I go to the show and I say, hey, are you Jodie Foster for two for Book of Mormon? <laughs> and then, oh my God, Jody, I love your work. I'm so sorry. Here are Why are you buying tickets through Today Sticks, you <laughs> right, cheap bitch? Right. <laughs> so uh, so that's, that's another job that I started, which is good. Mm -hmm. um, I'm spending way too much time at home alone. Uh, uh, what you mean? Because I work from home with my other part-time job that I do customer service. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I just spend way too much time alone because I'm starting to talk to myself. You talk to Rocket a lot. I talk to Rocket a lot. Yeah. A yeah. lot. He's a good listener. He is because he doesn't talk back or interrupt you. <clears throat> Not that you do. I just realized I, that implied that you did. <laughs> well, when you were editing our last podcast, you're like, Ben, um, <laughs> you talk over me. A lot. Well, you talked over me a lot in that episode. In that episode, because, because I was super like, I love that, that movie. movie. Are you going to you know, do this? Yeah, just... okay. <laughs> all right. Real quick, what was it again? No, Garth and Pat, once, once again, again, doing all of those. Nope. <laughs> I was just waiting for that shit. Anyways, um, yeah, so I, I think I need to find some coffee shops and put on makeup for people other than myself. Uh, and and pants. Oh yeah, I, I think made the that's bed. the main thing. I've actually so here's the thing though. I so I've actually been going to therapy and one thing that she's really helped me with is kind of like setting up my morning well. And that includes not touching the phone until after I've gotten back from my walk with Rocket. Awesome. So I'm not like wasting 20 minutes scrolling just through scrolling, Instagram. Just doing nothing. For, it's not Literally for anything. It's not really for anything. Except for your own. I'm not getting anything done. Right. But it's actually made a really big difference. Yeah. Like I start yeah. my work day and I don't feel rushed. I don't feel scattered. 
Um, so yeah, I give yourself a little time guys. Yeah. It really helps. And as, as tempting as it is to like get onto your phone first thing in the morning, it's mm. not conducive to anything helpful in, in any way. Yeah. The, it's just about forming and practicing good habits until they come, they become second nature right. to when you don't what. Speaking of forming good habits, what get ready and having them be second nature training for military action that is, is the very clumsiest important. goddamn segue is so no important. stop so the way you're stop. in the moment i'm gonna stop this recording use... that's it no. i'm walking out. when that's you're it. in the moment you I'm can done. use those skills in the heat of battle <laughs> all right fine then you come up with a better transition i did, I did have a good transition you did no i oh, you didn't. didn't oh you I thought that you was so long-winded it's great it was i think good. it's perfect it's gonna be so seamless <laughs> It's going to be so good, you guys, just like the rest We're of this episode. all of that in. Okay, so at any rate... At any rate. We watched Gladiator. Gladiator! Uh, one, one of the Millennium movies. I was um, so glad we picked this. Yeah, me too. And I, I could have sworn you'd seen it at some point, because I feel like I it was one of those osmosis watches where I'm, I'm like, oh, I sure to, I'm sure I had this on and you were home maybe just doing shit around the apartment. Right. That, um, that's It's one of your leave leave on movies. Sure. You sure. leave stuff like it's one of those leave on movies for you while you're doing stuff around the apartment. It's like I'm there, too. So I know I've seen chunks of it, mm -hmm. but I just hadn't seen it from tip to tail. Yeah. So came out in the year 2000. Uh, directed by Ridley Scott, starring Russell Crowe, Joaquin Phoenix, Connie Nielsen, uh, Oliver Reed, Richard Harris, Derek Jacobi, and Jaimon Hansu. So what else has Ridley Scott done again? Ridley Scott. Um, this guy has touched on pretty much every genre of really? story. I didn't know um, that. You've probably seen more of his movies than you realize. So Legend, uh, sort of a throwback to Tim Curry as Pennywise from last week, but he directed Legend. Seen Legend. We watched Legend like three months ago. When? Tim Curry plays the Lord of Darkness, where he plays the big Satan dude with the big horns, and Tom Cruise is in it, and he's like 25. Am I going completely mad? <laughs> Am I going completely mad? Did you mad? dream this? Maybe no! This. <laughs> I did not dream this, Megan. You're looking at me like I am a crazy person. I don't remember watching what that. What do you mean you don't remember <laughs> watching it? That is nuts. Anyways, continue. Ah. Legend. Legend. Okay, so we did Legend. Uh, to, uh, before that, I, th I think he did Alien that came out before that. Uh, the I original with see. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Um, Thelma and Louise. Still need to uh, see. He directed Blade Runner. Still need to see. <sighs> Ridley Scott's done a lot of good movies. Yeah, and, that's the and, thing is that he kind of seems like a Steven Spielberg to me. And with and this is no uh, and and this movie is no different in that he is very good at the production value and quality of his movies. Mm -hmm. um, but this is his venture into the sword and sandal old historic right. kind of movies. Um, so yeah, he's he's done a ton of good movies. So if you haven't seen a whole lot of Ridley Scott's catalog, That's I probably just highly a good suggest. Bet. It's like, I need to see, you know what? Just I need go to see a good movie. Ridley Scott movie. I need to watch something of quality and I've already seen A Star is Born four times. So I just need to pop on a Ridley Scott movie <laughs> exactly. and I'll be set. Uh, plot as per IMDb, okay. a former Roman general sets out to exact vengeance upon the corrupt emperor who murdered his family and sent him into slavery. I mean, I 
like, yeah. Kind of touches on it. It Again, doesn't really touch the the gladiator portion, but you have to realize that gladiators were slaves, right? Essentially. Like and it, again, I think I've, I've started just letting the IMDb explanation be what it is because it is. It, mm. it is. It's just trying to be a nutshell. I feel bad. We're just gonna call in Dennis. I feel bad for Dennis who has to write all of these IMDb snapshot reviews. Yeah, because it's like capturing all of that in what three sentences or less. Well, I feel like a lot of these are made by people who log into IMDb and it's sort of like Wikipedia where you can like enter your own data and people are like, Oh, I found this helpful. That's why there's like 10 different synopses for this movie. Uh, And some are bigger than others. Okay. I mean, that one's not bad, but I'm going to call him Dennis and just assume he has a $35,000 a year job. (laughs) And he's working by himself. He's working by himself. He's in the closet. He's in the closet, a converted closet. (laughs) He's like the, the military, the VA, <laughs> yeah. we're just so stacked up from the 15 years of war we've been in. But he knows a lot about movies. See, I had to make this political. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's uh, one of one of his better movies. I remember seeing this in the movie theater yeah. when it came out. I, I was, was 16, yes. saw it with my twin brother, my dad, and my older brother. And we all, of course, just loved it. My dad is a huge uh, nerd when it comes to like Roman history, so he knows a lot about it. So he just soaked a lot of it up. Even though a lot of it's not historically factual or accurate, there are uh, characters who, uh, like Marcus Aurelius, Mm -hmm. did exist. Commodus did exist. Really? A character like Maximus actually did exist where he he was a gladiator who murdered Commodus in the bathtub actually. Rubber ducky, you're the one. Um so that's there are very different than what we saw. <laughs> very di- oh, I that's, wish. That's that's like that's like death by lush. Right. Like that's a much different ending. <laughs> he had a bath bomb. Yeah, he had a yeah, there. he had a bubble bar. He's getting a massage. You know, had a nice little candle going. <laughs> like, excuse me. Um <laughs> It, it's it's an amazing movie. I know, so I, I remember seeing it as a teenager and just loving it. It was one of the first movies I remember buying on DVD. Yeah, uh, John, who helps here at Anchor, says that's yeah, the first DVD he ever bought with his own money. That's amazing. So just like, what was the first CD you ever bought with your own money? For me? Yeah. Oh, Fleetwood Mac. Oh, that does not support. Oh, I know that. Yeah, I thought it was. Do you remember what mine is? It's not Alanis Morissette. No. No. That would be it, way cooler. <laughs> That would be so much cooler. Was it? Um, I feel like you just told me this recently. See how I listen? Um, oh, it was Mariah Carey. Yes. Uh, and you just played it over and over, over until your dad got really annoyed. Over and over. <laughs> I hit, I kind of like squeaked out some of the high notes and he's like, good job, Meg. And then about four times later, he's like, okay, we're done with that. <laughs> Yeah, so this is like, not only is it a great movie, but it's also very representative of like when we started building some really like tangible memories that we can look back on. Yeah. Like in high school, middle school, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like this is stuff that we remember. Yeah, this was huge. And the the scale of the movie is epic. It's over two and a half hours long. There's a lot of storytelling going on. Some big grandiose set pieces. Um, so getting into the plot a little bit, Russell Crowe plays Maximus Decimus Meridius, who's a Roman general of the Northern Felix Legions, and he is at war with the Germanian uh, army. And they are coming to the tail end of this war. The Emperor Marcus Aurelius is The Germanian super... army, sorry. The Germanian <laughs> army is the last little bit of people that don't want to join Caesar's reign? In Germania, yeah. Okay. So at this point, the, the Roman Empire encompassed over a quarter of the world's population. Right. So it was vast, huge, expanding any which way it could. Right. So they are trying to take over the barbarian uh, hordes in Germania, and this is the last battle. And so Mm -hmm. Caesar 
Uh, Marcus Aurelius, who's played by Richard Harris, is grown weary of war. He's dying, and so he's looking back on his life, saying, "Oh my God, what have I done? Like, have yeah. I? I've just brought the sword. I've had." 20 years of war and then four years of peace. Like mm -hmm. that's how I'll be remembered. And so he wants to make Rome a Republic again, transferring the power from Caesar back to the people essentially. Mm -hmm. And so his son, who's played by Joaquin Phoenix, who I'll get into a little bit later. Have I missed it? Have I missed the battle? You have missed the war. He's fucking magnificent in this movie. He bugs the shit out of me, which yeah. in a good way. In a like, good way. It wasn't just like his acting was poor or yeah. I didn't like the, you know, the character. It's like I he bugged me because he did such a good he job. He did with such it. a good job. Like he's kind of a whiny I just, bitch. I wanted to slap him all the exactly, time. Like, he always looked like he was about to cry. But part of me is like I understand where this is coming I from. I know me too. It's it. like he had such a shitty upbringing. Even yeah. his dad like later on like you said he's he's saying I want to transfer this into a republic. This can't be a dictatorship anymore. You're not going to be you are not going to be Caesar. And then he says, cannon. like, the reason why I'm not going to let you, spoiler alerts, he is like, hey, Maximus is going to take over yeah. until the Senate's ready. And Joaquin Phoenix starts, like, crying like a little bitch. And he's like, it's not your fault. You're a shitty son because I was because a Because I'm a father. bad dad. That's such an amazing scene. It's a really good scene. Because, like, Joaquin Phoenix is, like, kind of fighting back in the sense that you had all of these traits that you wanted me to have, but yeah. I have these other strengths right. that you don't see. Mm -hmm. And you can just see Caesar's heart just like breaking mm -hmm. because he he didn't realize until that moment the effect that that had had on his son, mm -hmm. how absent he'd been, how Commodus felt rejected by his own father. Right. All he wanted to do was live up to him and he never felt like he was enough. Right. So long story short, Commodus kills Caesar, his father. Mm -hmm. With takes just a really intense hug. A, like the tightest, most intense <laughs> neck breaking hug. Of hug of death. Yeah. Essentially takes power for himself, tries to kill Maximus. Mm -hmm. Maximus ends up escaping, mm -hmm. but as Maximus is returning home, the Praetorian Guard go to Maximus's house, kill his wife and son, burn Which, everything to the ground. Also, I just have to say, like, that was probably one of the most intense, like, you know, because there, there's lots of different movies where it's like, guess what? Your family's dead. Yeah. Like, I don't, there's tons of them. And mm -hmm. this was one of the most intense ones that I've seen. If nothing else, just for the literally the horses running the kid over. Yeah. I oh, don't yeah. know how they did that. Yeah. Well, it's it's a pretty fast cutaway. I mean, clearly they put a dummy. A dummy. There. I know. Yeah. But it was just like. It was. It's very graphic. It and, is. And of course, this movie's rated R. There's a lot of violence because it deals with it gladiators in the arena. Yeah. And like you're cutting people into pieces and stuff right. like that. But, you know, the Romans were vicious. And I, I talked about this in the opening scene where they're fighting the Germanian army. Mm -hmm. Is you see the efficiency and the vast overwhelming power of the Roman army mm -hmm. and how they attack and how they, they go step by step at just grinding their opponents into the ground. Right. And when they punish someone like they were trying to punish Maximus's family, mm -hmm. they burned them and crucified them. Right. Like, this is what the Romans did. Right. And that's why they encompassed most of the world, because they just took no prisoners. So Maximus is taken. Uh, he's picked up by this caravan. He's essentially sold into slavery to become a gladiator. Which, in that part of the film, there were a whole bunch of different flashes, and I know we talked about this. There was, like, a flash of him, like, being on the, on the cart, and then mm. flash of, like, there's the sun setting, and a flash of a hyena, and, like, flashes of different things flashes of like the end of the movie that you could kind of see i didn't know it was the end of the movie okay, so they, i didn't they know like that laid one shot on top of the other where you can see maximus chained that's but but that was like was really intense for me yeah i had a hard time with that throughout the movie because yeah. that happens a couple different times it does but i think by the end of the movie like i said i, I was like oh um, i think this will make sense because it has to do with 
death and rebirth and also, you know, him seeing his life flash before his eyes. Because Maximus at that point, when he's sold into slavery to become a gladiator, he's mm-hmm. forced into becoming a gladiator, essentially. Mm-hmm. He has, he he's sort of aimless. Like, he kind of wants to die. A little bit, you know, yeah. until got a death wish. Until he, he's forced to kill, so he kills mm-hmm. his words. And so he becomes such a good gladiator that the Romans end up accepting the, the gladiators back into Rome because they were kind of outcast. Marcus Aurelius said, no more gladiators, like, get them out of here. I'm going to put oh, them into this. Yeah, I wondered why it was like they were not there. And then all of a sudden it's like, just kidding, we're going to bring right. them back again. So to celebrate or to commemorate Marcus Aurelius's death, Commodus puts on the gladiator games, I which see. calls them back. I see. And Oliver Reed, we're introduced to Oliver Reed. You sold me queer giraffe. Um, Orson Welles. Orson Welles. <laughs> Megan thought it was Orson. Welles. I did. But Oliver Reed. Oliver Reed is the is the gladiator trainer essentially, and he tells Maximus, "Hey, we're going back to Rome. You have the opportunity to be something magnificent. You need to win the crowd." And mm-hmm. Maximus is like, "Fuck yeah, we're going to Rome. I can kill Commodus now." Right. And so our adventure kind of begins right after that. Yeah. And then we're brought to Rome, and then Maximus confronts Commodus in the arena. And so it's a back and forth between Commodus trying to kill Maximus, but Maximus becomes so popular with the people and in the ring because he's such a good gladiator. Well, he almost ends up earning the title that he had in the first place. Essentially. Like they almost end up following him right. instead of following Commodus. Commodus, yeah. thank you. I Commodus, like, who's Because they keep yelling Caesar. And Caesar, <laughs> is this like in The Godfather where it's a Don? Is Caesar like named for a king? Is like, is it like? I'm not totally Don sure what Caesar and means. Caesar will or Caesar John. But Caesar is a title. It for, is a title. For emperor. Okay. Okay. So. I thought that was just his name. <laughs> this is exactly like Godfather, how do you where think? I thought how? everybody was named Don. Really? And now I'm like, how? Why is everybody named Caesar? But then I realized I was like, but they're calling him a why different is name. Everybody. This named must be Caesar. a title. Okay. Jesus Christ. This is a title and a salad. Uh, Got it. Yes. Okay. So. Again, Maximus was a very popular general. His men loved him, but now that he's been taken away, he start he has that magnetism still, mm-hmm. and the other gladiators start to love him and respect him. The people start to love him a little bit more than Commodus, and so Commodus starts getting really jealous, but he doesn't want to make a martyr of him, and so he's sort of caught between like, fuck, do I kill him or let him live? So very compelling movie, good storytelling. The script itself for me was always where it fell short. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, and Russell Crowe, in the script i'll get into oh a little god bit of i remember oh, yeah. you told me that yeah. so here's the thing though and this again this is spoilers is yeah. at the end so he is stuck between rock and a hard place he's like i don't want to make a martyr out of him but i also don't want to lose my power right so he's like you know what i'm gonna fucking fight him yeah that's all the time we need to make america great i'm sorry in what world would an entire crowd of people be just fine with that. Yeah. That their well, leader is fighting a gladiator, understanding that if he's killed, or maybe they don't think that he'll be killed. I don't know. It just seemed weird to me that the audio, the entire Colosseum is just fine with their leader yeah. fighting to the death, knowing very well that that le- means their leader could be killed. Sure. And I'm not totally sure if it's historically accurate that a Caesar ever fought in the Colosseum. Mm-hmm. That may have happened. Mm-hmm. But Commodus sort of tells Maximus that before the end fight. He's like, oh, this is a big striking story. You've told an amazing story, but now the people want to know how it ends. And what better way than to have me, Caesar, go into the ring and kill you. Right, and then I'm he gonna stabs win the him to, to slow him right. down. So Commodus stabs Maximus 
in the back, sort of behind like his heart. Like a little bit of right, right around the kidney spot. Yeah, Just so he's going to he's gonna slow bleed him. Yeah. So he straps on his armor to hide the wound, and so Commodus thinks he's going to win. Mm-hmm. Long story short, he gets his ass beat, stabbed in the throat, dies, and then Maximus ends, ends up, up dying, as, dying well, as well. But not before he tells the senators and his general friends, like, hey, these are Marcus Aurelius's wishes. Mm-hmm. See them through. This is why you should always leave a note. Always leave a note. Because Caesar originally said, like, I want it to be Maximus. I don't want it to be you. We should you. have this in writing. And then he got killed and no one wrote it down. <laughs> like, ah, didn't write it down, man. This is why this is why post-its came into existence. <laughs> this is the reason why. Um, what did you think? I loved it. Yeah. I really loved Good. this movie. And I Good. think, again, it's kind of like one of those movies that I for sure... I'm I'm surprised that I hadn't seen it to be honest because this is one of those movies I could see my entire family sitting down for family movie night on a Friday night yeah. to watch. Um, it's almost twenty years old. It's yeah, crazy. like it's it's been around for a long time. It's yeah. one of those summer blockbusters and definitely feels like the summer blockbusters from when we were in high school. It's uh, I thought that the acting was really great. I thought I actually didn't mind the script all that much. Mm -hmm. But again, I also kept in mind that there were quite a few adjustments made because of some stuff. And I can't remember what it is. You told me I actually the whole time I'm watching this. I'm just like, wow, you know, watching these gladiators go back to the Coliseum and seeing them fight their way there. It's like any kind of high school sports teams uh, or like speech and debate club. Uh, for me, it would have been acting competitions. Yeah, you know, you've got your regionals, you got your state, and then you made it all the way to nationals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're being judged by Joaquin Phoenix, who's like the snooty judge that couldn't quite make it as an actor, but he's got <laughs> one commercial that he clings to that he thinks makes him a good adjudicator. And then you're being trained by this washed up dance coach. It just, it made me think of. <laughs> All the different, because I loved high school acting competitions. That was probably one of my favorite things. And for some reason, it reminded me an awful lot of that with a lot less blood, but just as much ferocity. We had those. And I think I told you about it, but they were, since I went to a Christian school, everything had to be Christian based. Well, but I went to a Catholic school and it didn't have to be Catholic based. Interesting. It could be whatever. Huh. Yeah. Not, not so much. Okay. (laughs) Which makes me really angry. Oh. Looking back, like, yeah, I didn't get a fair shake, but no, that's okay. Do? We're making up for it now. We're making up for it now, exactly. Um, I'm glad you liked it. I feel like it, it. It was surprising to me that you hadn't seen it yet, just because due to the how old the movie is. But since it won so many awards, like it, it won Best Picture at the was it the the 2000 Oscars, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Russell Crowe won Best Actor for the uh, for his role as Maximus. I think it was Didn't kind of a say, makeup. yeah, like a makeup, like because they pulled he, a, a Whoopi Goldberg, where it's like you should have won for and even Nicole Kidman, yeah, but for the color purple, for yeah, Whoopi, she but then she won, got it for Ghost, right? She got it for Nicole Ghost. Kidman should have won for Moulin Rouge, but they gave it to her for the Hours, and then Russell Crowe should have won for the Insider. But he won for Gladiator. So I feel like it was kind of like a makeup. Oh, he really should have got it last I year. I kind of wish that they had done acceptance speeches for the movie they should have gotten it for. <laughs> <laughs> Just made the adjustment. Be like, I know that you guys are like a day late and a dollar short. So like, I'm going to thank the right people. Is this not why you were here? Um, yeah, I loved it. Good, and it, good. It's just, it's one of those <laughs> movies that it's like. I kept on yelling at the screen right. just because, again, I mean, it is an R-rated movie. It so escalates there's, there's pretty There's a good amount of, of blood. And yeah. if you're sensitive to that kind of stuff, maybe this is not the best movie. Or yeah. at least be ready to cover your eyes. Right. And all the battles are really unique, too. Yes, like, they are. I, I, thought, I thought it was a good idea that they kind of switched up the dynamics. Like, they have... 
they have the big Roman war at the beginning, and then you have this dirty, muddy, right. regional gladiator fight. And then even really when like, you got to the Colosseum, it was like what you were fighting <laughs> and what you were faced changed every single time. Every single time. You right. never knew it was coming. So all the gladiators have to fight the the legionnaires, the Africana legionnaires, and then you have like chariots with blades on them, and then oh, Russell Crowe. Oh, there Crow. were some, some women gladiators that yeah. were so, but then they got like literally Shopped cut in half. In half. But they, they did a pretty so good job. Um, and then, you know, Russell Crowe goes up against Tigress of Gaul, like a one-on-one -on -one match. And then you mm -hmm. have him and the Emperor fighting at the end. Uh, any, like, particular favorite parts or any standout performances? There was, uh, so, like I said, Joaquin Phoenix just is like a crybaby bitch. He's so good. He's in, it's like, and, and then too, like, the whole incestuous thing, which, to be honest, I thought was reciprocated mm. from the first scene. Yeah. I thought that was reciprocated oh, really? from his sister. Oh. There's Until he started being there. weird. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, we can't have sex anymore if you're weird. I mean, you're my brother, so it's gross anyways. <laughs> but now you're just being a dick and I don't right. want to screw you. And we'll just say it's also because you're I my brother. But I get it at the same time. Like, it, wait, th th wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> you get it? I get it. Yeah, baby. <laughs> okay. I'm not saying I agree with it. Okay. But I'm saying I get it. You, that he wants okay, to bang his so sister? What if I had to play someone who... I'm not saying he even led with a desire of like wanting to have sex with his sister. Okay. But they never really touched on the relationship they have with her mother, number one. No, that's true. That's a really Commodus, good point. Commodus, again, has this this one need to impress and be accepted and accepted by his father. I don't feel like he was ever really taught or maybe surrounded by people who taught him how to like be or he even. is super he's like that really awkward guy at a party yeah. who just kind of inserts himself into a conversation <clears throat> to be annoying yeah. and it's not because he he wants to be annoying he just doesn't have the social skills yeah he doesn't he's the son of caesar mm -hmm. and so i imagine he early in life he may have had a girlfriend or two but that just didn't pan out because he's just he didn't he was super awkward and, well, and so if his sister is his only <laughs> champion right so okay. his sister was his All only right. ally. And so that was the only real love that he ever felt. Right. Because his father didn't give it. And we don't know what happened exactly. to mom. And okay. you never, you never really see him like at the end of the movie, he sort of references like, you're going to love me and you're going to provide me with an heir. Am I not <laughs> or I'm going to kill you, you know, that kind of thing. So it definitely goes overboard then. Uh -huh. But they have a couple of interactions where he knows that like, okay, this clearly can't be, but I don't know what to do with myself right. because I love you, but you're my sister, but I'm really... Very Greek, very yeah, just like very much Greek so. tragedy all over the place. So I understand the, the why. But right. he's, he's my favorite part of this movie. Not to drop names, but I actually met him when I was a lowly student. Did you? Oh, you did. That's right. When I was a student here in New York, I was studying at AMDA and they had the Walk the Line premiere a few blocks oh. of town. And so my friends and I are like, yeah, let's go to the Walk the Line premiere, see if Cute. we can meet anybody. And so we go, we can't get close because there's crowds and press and blah, blah, blah. Right. So we're like, fuck it, let's go home. And then we go back behind the theater to head back to our housing and he's out back with his entourage. Like from the movie or from, <laughs> <laughs> from the show? Yes, he's out there with Jeremy Piven. Someone's going to pay for the mystic tan, Jess. And so uh, I pull out my Sharpie and I grab my student ID and I kind of snake so my way brave. around because his, his his bodyguard was facing away from me. His back was to you me. You sneak. And so I snuck up behind him like, um, Mr. Phoenix. <laughs> I think this, that was actually the level I was talking. I'm like, Mr. Phoenix, can I? <clears throat> can, can I please have your <laughs> And he suddenly just said, 
takes a drag off his cigarette and he just kind of looks at me. He's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and so he uh, he takes it and he, he starts, he's like, what's your name, man? I was like, my name's Ben. I'm a student here. Like, I fucking loved you in Gladiator and I can't wait to see you walk the line. This is going to be huge for you. He's like, no, I'm just that. He's like, thanks, thanks, thanks. And so he hands me my ID back and he's like, I just put to Ben, man. I got nothing else. I'm like, that's okay. Thank Aww. you. And I still have it. I still have my student ID like on, on my chest of drawers. And so anyway, he was my absolute favorite part of this movie. He's like, it, it, it's a good antagonist, but you understand where the pain comes from at the same time. Yeah. That you can all, not justify it, but I just think from an acting standpoint, if you can, if you as the actor can find a way to want what the character wants. Well, right. If you're playing a role and this is just something that as actors we have to do, you cannot judge what no. your character is doing because yeah. there has to be some kind of justification for mm. it. So I, I get that. That yeah. that makes sense now. Yeah. Um, uh, what's the female character, the sister? What's her name again? Lucilla. Lucilla. Connie Nielsen. Okay. So I wanted to like that part. Mm. I really did. Mm. But for some reason it was just, it was lacking depth to me. I feel like that part could have been really a lot more interesting. Yeah. Um, I guess I just felt like she just used stoic, confused face a mm. lot. Mm. And again, I know that it's screen acting, so there's not like you can't be super crazy expressive. But I just I didn't I didn't know what her want was. Sure. At the end of the day, I was like, I know she wants to be a dutiful daughter. I know that she realizes that her her brother is kind of insane. Unstable. And that she has a lost love in Maximus and, and, her son and her son is heir to the throne. I just feel like there was an awful lot that that I just missed. I feel yeah. like there was not enough to her character that I felt was fleshed well, out. Well, I feel like, like you said, that you have all of these sort of separate components, but mm. no... Who she was as a person didn't, didn't come really out. shine through right. any of that. Right. I felt like maybe the closest she got was like she wants to be the dutiful daughter honor her father's memory, mm -hmm. even though Commodus murdered him and mm -hmm. took the throne for himself, she has her son to worry about. Right. You know, she can't really do anything drastic because Commodus would kill her son. Right. You know? And so that's the thing. It's like, it's not like she didn't stand for or against anything. Yeah. She did. She had principles, but <laughs> just who she was as a person didn't stand out to me. And sure. I thought that was a tremendously missed opportunity because she was one of the featured women yeah. in this entire movie. I think she was one of the only women in the yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, although I did appreciate that she had close to one of the last lines and yeah. just basically was like, all right, y'all need to stop being dickheads. Yeah. We're getting rid of this dictatorship and Senate stop being assholes. Yeah. She kind of takes charge right. at the end when there's but, bodies all over the Right. Floor. Again, yeah. it just, it just kind of confused me though. Cause I didn't know where that came from. Yeah. I, yeah. I wish I had seen a little bit more of that. Yeah, um, but yeah, ultimately, I really liked it. And Good. it's one of those things, too. Like, literally, I joked earlier about this, but now I, I sincerely believe this. Since all of these movies, it's kind of like with Steven Spielberg. Um, there are fewer movies, I feel like, that these, these two directors have made mm -hmm. that end up being duds or not worth watching. Sure. I feel sure. like this is a director you can rely on and one that you can watch their work and know that it's worth, like, taking the time away from office reruns. Yeah to watch this movie right yeah, that's yeah. that's actually the whole point of this podcast is like what do you want to put on hold that's familiar that's easy that is in your comfort zone sure and do you take time out of your very busy day because we're busy and important people mm. to watch stuff that seems cinematically important yeah that's yeah. really what this podcast is about yeah 
And I feel like this movie was important in the sense that, especially like uh, special effects wise. Yeah. Like if you, and it when, holds up. I think it does. It absolutely and, does. Because a lot of these effects were still fairly new. And Gladiator right. is pretty much responsible for kind of rebooting the interest in like the Roman Greek movies. Because you have Alexander, you have yeah. Troy, you have even in the second Star Wars prequel, you have like a Colosseum scene. Yeah. And that was pretty much directly stolen from Gladiator. Mm -hmm. So Gladiator was actually a springboard for a lot of these sword and sandals movies to come back out, sort of re like reignited the interest in that. Mm -hmm. um, and again, a lot of these effects were still fairly new. The, the effects that we see now in movies, the the movies that are like 80% digital, you know, 18 years ago, that was all still pretty complicated yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, and they won an Oscar for visual effects, of course, especially I, for that shot when the gladiators enter the Coliseum for oh the first God. time and they do a full 360. Amazing. So. And that's the thing is, is that it wasn't like they were using CG for a big giant monster. Yeah. They were using CG in order to create a much more fleshed out and real tangible world. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was something that it wasn't like you were fighting, like, sorry, Avengers Infinity War yeah. the two characters that I got so mad that they were CG the whole time like that right. was a waste right. that was a waste of CG yeah I think so I, I you know I just feel like they use CG in a good way and that actually the fact that it was still new and the fact that they had to limit it because it was so complicated yeah. Yeah. lended itself it was that perfect balance like when you see some of the older uh Jim Henson movies yeah you know where they're just starting to get in some CG stuff a it's little like, bit but there's still enough <laughs> like you know it's really like there's still hands inside of a puppet right that stuff's great, but yeah. then if it goes too far one way, then it's it either doesn't hold up or it's too much CG. And, and even for those sh those shots, just to show the vastness of Rome, yeah. you know, you get that bird's eye view of the city, and then as Commodus is re-entering Rome, uh, you get to see the amount of people that mm -hmm. are there just watching his return because mm -hmm. Rome was huge. I will say another thing I really appreciated <gasps> is that all the other gladiators that were essentially following Maximus mm -hmm. and ended up like treating him as a leader. Mm -hmm. I really appreciated that they brought their own essence to the table. Yeah. They were fleshed out as individuals. You could tell they had a story, even though line wise, they probably had less than Not 12 much. lines, Not much. but who they were in the ring and who they were in those interactions made it very clear who they were. And as you people. actually end the movie with Jaiman Hansu, who's one of the gladiator characters. Yeah. Granted that he's a little bit more, popular of an actor mm -hmm. but you get to you get to end the movie with one of these side gladiators who is on his sort of his own quest mm -hmm. you know so no I it was appreciate great that it was a great movie like it's definitely one of those things where i would i would go see this this would be a holiday movie for mm -hmm. me like yeah you know go to the theater and see it on Thanksgiving. I would have done that. Yeah. I think or, this came out in May. So okay. it like started off the summer season. Right. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, it's like, I would totally sit down and watch this. If this was on, I would put it on on a rainy day. Like yeah. this is a good movie. Very I good would movie. definitely say, watch it. Awesome. Should we hop into trivia? Yes. I'm so excited. And cue trivia music. And I want to lead off with this one because you actually mentioned it last night. Okay. And I'm wondering, if, if I, you if you did, put two and two together, did you catch it? When you at the end of the movie, where Proximo brings Maximus the keys, and he's like, "Hey, looks like you won your freedom." Uh huh. You said that looked weird. Yes. That looked like it was superimposed. Yeah. Oliver Reed died of a heart attack halfway through filming. I thought so. Yeah. It looked like so. I was like, it literally looked like what happens when someone dies and they have to superimpose yeah, footage. They do, they used digital composites of his face and from other shots to put him on one side of the bars. But the way he's standing, it's actually from a totally different scene. Yeah, it looks like he's like leaning <clears throat> way too far to the yeah, left. Exactly, exactly. So the way he died, and I don't think knowing Oliver Reed's background, I don't think he wouldn't have gone in any other way. 
he was sitting at a pub at 9 a.m. Oh my God. He downed eight pints of beer. What? And he's sitting on his bar stool and says, I don't feel very well. And then he drops dead of a heart attack. Jesus Christ. And Oliver Reed, also Richard Harris, who plays Marcus Raley's in this movie. Right. I remember telling you about this. The, this generation this of is actors. The drunk have, British. Yep. Yeah, Oliver drunk. Reed, Peter O'Toole, Richard Burton, we need a Richard name. Harris. We need a name for this. I don't gaggle. know what to call there, it's not it's not like Ocean's Eleven. It's no, not it's like the not, Rat Pack. But there needs to be a name for them. Yeah. It's like the six pack instead the of the rack six pack. pack. Yes, it's the, the British, British six-pack. Six that's a, that's oh, it. Oh, TM. Yeah. But all of these guys TM. were notorious drunks. Right. And so the fact that Ollie Reed died on a bar stool, Ridley Scott's like, I don't think he would have gone any other way, honestly. <laughs> like, you know, and it sucks because he still had some scenes to shoot. Yeah. But Oliver Reed, and in this movie, he's so visceral. He is, which and I love. Sort of side note, if you want to see his absolute best performance and his favorite role, rent a movie called The Devils. It's kind of hard to describe this movie, but he he plays the lead role in it, but it's also uh, co-starring Vanessa Redgrave, who plays a sex-obsessed, hunchbacked mother superior. That's totally. really all I'm going to say about it. Totally. Find the devils. You'll probably have to order it online. This I have a DVD like a if anyone movie. wants to. Uh, yeah. It is not a feel-good movie <laughs> at all. It is very intense. <clears throat> so, Get your yeah. snuggie. So yeah, Oliver Reed died halfway through, so they had to digitally composite him into wow. the end of the movie. That's so, crazy. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of ad-libs in the movie. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there ended up being a lot because, again, Russell Crowe hated this script. Can I? Once towards the end of the movie. <sighs> it's from Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. I don't know. There were a lot of things that he did that seemed ad-libbed. Yeah. Like, yeah. especially when there were fights going on. He's like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> right, right, right. But uh, specifically where he grabs his sister's face and screams, am I not merciful? Oh, he's, that like, was ad-libbed? The ultimatum. Yeah. When she's, God, like, that would have scared like, the from, shit out yeah, of me. Well, That's like in Django, Django Unchained, where he, Leonardo DiCaprio, oh, yeah, broke the glass. Oh, yeah, where he the shard of glass in his hand. He just kept going. Yeah. And that's the that's the shot they used in the movie. Of course it is. You just keep going, Fucking guys. Leo. You keep going until they say cut. But um, this is what you need to do to get an Oscar. That's right. Cut your hand open. DiCaprio's so fucking. Good Throw yourself it. into a river. Um, but yeah, it notoriously Russell Crowe hated this script because he shows up on set and they they had I think twenty six pages finished. So they're what? there in Morocco filming and that no there's like. A writer in America, a writer in Great Britain, and then Ridley Scott's like trying to cobble together his own stuff. Oh my God. And so a lot of these lines, and I don't know if you you listened or heard them, but a lot of them are kind of just a little too on the nose when mm. he's like father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. Mm -hmm. Russell Crowe's like, I fucking hate that. Like, why would he say that? He doesn't need to say it. He just needs to fucking look at him. You know, so he thought a lot of the lines were just too on the nose, like, like a little the, too he, expositional, like not letting subtext kind of let do sure. the talking. So as a writer, he, I'm guilty of that. Actually, he, go, he goes to John Logan, who's one of the, the screenwriters, and he says, this is the worst script I've ever read. Oh, my God. But thankfully, I'm the greatest actor in the world. and <gasps> I'm going to make it work. And so part of me is like, I would have fucking slapped okay, him. Yeah. <laughs> Like you would have slapped. Russell oh my God! I would absolutely. I would enjoy the privilege of slapping Russell Crowe. Um, when Maximus is describing his home to Marcus Aurelius, yes. he actually adloed that as well. Did he? Um, and a lot of it is actually a description of his of his house. So he just pulled off of that, which is why it was so. Oh, I wish you personal, guys could see my face you know? right now. I just fucking <laughs> melted at that, and now I want to go visit his house. Um, during the tiger fight scene where he's yes. fighting. Um, uh, old Hollywood stunt guy named Svenel Thorson plays Tigress of Gaul, but during the fight, they let all these tigers into the ring to try and kill Maximus at the same time. There's this shot in the movie where a tiger swipes 
at Sven, but misses him like barely. But a, but there was a take where the tiger actually swatted him so so hard in the ass that they had to stop filming for half a day. That and Russell Crowe was laughing so hard because the tiger actually swatted Sven like spanked right him. in the ass. Oh my Walked god! Walked away with this giant bruise. Like it must really fucking hurt when you oh, yeah. get slapped by a tiger. Oh, you know? Ben, I can tell you stories. <laughs> it's not great. This is one of the highest selling soundtracks of all time. Really? Hans Zimmer, who composed it. It's it's fucking phenomenal. And like, so I actually, uh, I was in high school, I did a project for choir. Yeah, you I had a project, and it was just about like movie scores. And this was one of the ones that I leaned on the most. Nice. I would just basically. But you didn't watch the movie. No, I hadn't watched so the movie. Weird. But the thing is, is that I think that's why I watched pieces of it. Like I watched a piece of Gladiator and I just took the sound away, the music away. And I was like, this is really boring. Hmm. It's just people throwing swords at each other. But then when you add in that music, dun, 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 dun. Oh my God, it makes so such a difference. Yeah. And that's the first time I think I really realized Music's, how important that is. Yeah. For a short time, I actually thought about getting into music therapy. Yeah? Yeah, just because of that. Oh, interesting. It's music therapy. Lastly, there is a, a well-known anti-Semitic Hollywood actor who has offered the role of Maximus and turned it down. Okay, in my head, I made it Kramer because that would have been really, really funny. You thought this guy directed Braveheart. Oh, uh, Mel Gibson? <laughs> yes. So you said Mel Brooks? Yeah, right. <laughs> Which would when have I was been like, let's watch Braveheart. You're like, better. oh, the Mel Brooks movie? Yeah. I'm like, can, we oh, watch can that? you imagine? Can we have that, can please? You, a Mel Brooks version of Braveheart. I would fucking love that. Mel, you're getting up there in years. Guess so what? So if you have one more project left, do let's that. Do, let's get it done. Let's do the Yiddish version of Braveheart. Let's Whatever that get may it be. Done. <laughs> God. And that's it. Um, I feel like that makes sense. They they go out for a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. Well, he felt like he was at uh, he was 43 when they offered it to him, but he thought oh. he was too old. So I'm not totally sure how old Russell Crowe was. I, I imagine he was around the same age. I feel like at that point, like don't don't judge yourself based on your age because yeah. you don't know how you look on film, and you also don't know what you could bring to the role despite your age. Like Jennifer Lawrence, she actually the role in Silver Linings Playbook was supposed <laughs> to be much much older, hmm. but I think that's right. And then she uh got an offer to audition for the role oh, okay. and then that ended up working much better i almost talked to myself out of a role because i thought it was too young that was one of your most night. important roles yeah. too yeah, that would, I, yeah i did a production of 12th night and they wanted to cast me as duke orsino and i'm like i feel like i'm too young and they're like no you're perfect people actually died really young back then so right. i'm like oh okay okay and i'm glad i took it yeah so. and this film has won so many awards like accolades up and down the line it's just totally understandable it's, it's a millennium movie back when movies were kind of like that turn of the millennium when movies were just kind of fucking weird like i look at the movies that came out in the year 2000 i'm like what the fuck were we thinking right. you know even like the first x-men movie like the hairstyles, the clothing, I'm like, wow. Like, do you guys remember the fuck? Like, where, oh, oh, where were you during Y2K? I was at home. We've talked about this. Yeah, have we? Oh, right, because okay. you well, asked our, me if my mom did anything to, to like get ready. <laughs> and she didn't, And right? she didn't, no. So She's surprising. earthquake proof the entire house, but for Y2K, she got she like give a, shit. a couple extra kudos bars and that's it. Nice. So, no. I was playing computer games. Right, exactly. Right, so. And you're like, oh, it's, did we... Did we? No, no. Computers are still working. All right, let's keep All going. Right, let's keep going. Next game. So yeah, but anyway, like the the movies around the year two thousand, I kind of want to dive into a few more millennium movies, e even a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But find some like abstract 
ones that maybe people haven't seen but anyways, anyways. i think that's it and I think then that's um, it, guys we actually have our uh, movie picked for next time we do and we have a guest coming oh so next time we are watching pulp fiction all right which i have not seen yep. and we are bringing in my friend katie joe who is actually uh in the office musical uh she plays angela and mm. she's also done several different really cool projects look up mansplain the mm. app it's a series that she made for YouTube that's really fucking yeah. funny. So we'll be watching Pulp Fiction next with our uh, with our friend Katie Joe. And if you're in New York, in the meantime, go see The Office Musical off Broadway. Yes, it's very good. Let us know if you want to go see that because yeah. I we can have some up. discounts yeah. for you if we you want to go people. see. And it's fucking it's a great musical. Yeah, I it's loved a lot it. of fun. If you're an Office fan, you'll just get it. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, thank you guys for listening yeah, in. Go watch Gladiator if you Not haven't seen it. it. Fucking watch it's this movie. It's totally worth it. It's important. Yeah. It's an important movie to watch. Um, thank you. Like, subscribe, and share with your friends wherever you download your podcasts. Yes. Thank you, Anchor, you know. for hosting us. Thank you to Anchor FM. Um, and we will be back here in a couple of weeks with our review, Megan's first viewing of Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Right on. Yay. Thank you, guys. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Bye.